finishing up our study in, in the, basically the Bible, um, our Fun with Felt series. And uh, I, uh, this can be an interesting one, I, I think, because um, we got a lot of Gospels, all the Gospels that talk about the resurrection. And uh, um, so it made me, as I'm studying this, I was, I was thinking to myself, um, does the Bible contradict itself? No. The answer is no. Um, are there differences in Gospels? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the skeptic, the skeptic would say oh, it contradicts itself. It's not true. Um, I, I was listening to a, a, a pundit, uh, one of the I don't remember who, but I just remember the segments. They, they said they were talking about news, capturing news. And you can, on any one day, you could hit, if you watch TV and see the different uh, series of, of, of news outlets, you can actually watch the news anchors say the parrot the exact same words of a story. Is that journalism? No, I, I, didn't you study journalism, or you, what, did you study journalism? You did. That's not journal, journalism, that's just copying. You, you get a Reuters report, or the AMP, and, and uh, some words are out there, and then all of a sudden CBS is saying this, NBC, and they're like literally the same words. And that's not news, that's, that's reporting of a story, and that's something's parody. Nobody's gone out and done any investigative journalism. They've just said, hey, this is the news. And, and, and I've also heard it said that uh, anything you hear within the first 24 hours, you can probably count as mostly false or a lot of error. Um, shootings, crashes, deaths, whatever. Uh, it's sensationalized in the first 24 hours, and then the truth starts coming out of what has happened. So in the Bible, we have reporters here. We have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And our faith all rests upon one thing, and that is the resurrection. It's not the death of Jesus. It's the fact that he is risen. We have a Savior that's risen. Now, uh, again, for those who are new to us, we have uh, Joseph's family here. Welcome. So glad you're from Lacey, Washington, on the way down to West Coast Baptist. And... Uh, uh, we're, we're going to look at the Bible in the simplest forms in felt, like we did as children uh, in Sunday school. And so um, we're, we're going to look at the Gospels in, and look at the resurrection. Because our faith lies and falls on the resurrection. Um, the Apostle Paul, he said, in, uh, and this was in 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm going to hit highlights of it. And if Christ were not risen... Then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God, he raised up Christ. And then on. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Yet ye are in your sins. And if this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. Our faith rises and falls on the resurrection. But if you read the four Gospels altogether, you might be confused. If you read the accounts, the end of each of those Gospels, it has the resurrection story in one form or another. 
But what we're going to do is I'll, I'll go over the story and I'll use Matthew's account. Uh, it's the outdoor scenes and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty succinct here. So if you open up your uh, uh, Bibles to Matthew, we'll use that, that one. Um, but don't get, I do encourage you, uh, we'll, we'll hit highlights in all the Gospels. But I encourage you to go read all four. Just go to the end of each of those, those books and read the, the resurrection account. Uh, read them for what they are. Recognizing these are men inspired by God uh, who take account of the resurrection. In this one, we're going to look at Matthew. We're in 28. And uh, what, what I'll do is your notes are going to be about the fact that uh, there's what's important in each of these uh, and, and, and uh, all the same in each of these accounts. Okay, and I'll just read this. In the, in the end of the Sabbath, it was, it, as it began to dawn uh, toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Now, and then I'm going to pause. This is, actually, this is actually going before they got there. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake the, the, the guards and became as dead men. So we have a tomb. Okay. And there was a, kind of a garden of the tomb right there. There was a garden there. Um, we have soldiers. And we have an angel that came down. The soldiers were affrighted, and they were actually as dead men. Basically, they passed out. They fell, asleep. fell asleep, passed out, whatever you want to say. They saw the angel. We'll see that. Um, in fact, I'll skip ahead. I'll skip ahead in this story. So we had an angel, and we had uh, uh, the guards. And we had the angel rolled away a stone. Okay, a tomb opening. And I'll, we'll stop there on verse 4 because we don't want to go into verse 5 yet because that changes the scene a little bit. Um, but let's go to, um, okay, go to verse 11. Now when they were going, uh, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. So meaning the angel, the angel came down. He opened up the, the uh, tomb. Jesus came out. We don't know if they saw Jesus or not, but we do know that the tomb was empty. They probably saw the tomb was empty when they got up and ran away. So, um, so they're now talking to the chief priests, all things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave large monies to the soldiers. Soldiers got paid. Why? Saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. We'll make sure that, that you guys are, that will back up your stories. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews to this day. So many of the Jews fell for that story. Remember? Stories, first 24 hours, um, the news. Nothing's new under the sun, is that right? So, um, so our first part of this, this story is, and we're going to use them, it's kind of more succinct in Matthew, but we'll get into all the Gospels. But um, this angel rolled away the story, uh, rolled away the stone. 
Jesus is gone. Uh, now, let's take it back to scene two. The sec second scene is we have Mary and uh, Mary, Mary Magdalene and Mary. So they arrive at the tomb and they meet the angel. Now, they met the angel sitting down, they met the angel standing up, they, minutia, but they met an angel. So go back to verse 5. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear ye not, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye, shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. So we have an account. We have uh, an encounter. Um, Mary Magdalene, um, uh, uh, she sees that Jesus is gone. She's told that Jesus is gone. Um, she, at one point, thought he was stolen, right? Uh, and so in this account, we're just given kind of a succinct, this is what happened, go tell everybody, let's move on. So our, our two scenes today for the resurrection. Now, the accounts all have different aspects of them. Should that help our faith or hurt our faith? I think it would help it because we get different perspectives. It's not different Bible truths. It's just different perspectives from the writers and what's important to them. Uh, in, in Matthew's case here, he wanted to say, hey, the, this is the account where we see the angel rolled away the stone. Somebody rolled away the stone. Uh, the men made a lie to say that the disciples rolled away the stone and stole his body. But but we're recorded here that the angel did it. Now, Matthew wasn't there, so he was divinely inspired. So, um, so we have this story. So, but if you look at all the accounts, there's basically four to five things that you can go, hey, this is, this is what's important, and this is all accurately reported. Number one, Jesus was dead and buried. All the accounts start with a tomb. All the accounts start with the fact that Mary was going to the tomb or others were going to the tomb. Why do you go to a tomb? Someone's dead, someone's been buried. Okay, she was, and in one account she even says, somebody will need to roll away the stone for me so I can tend to my Lord. She still wanted to anoint him. She wanted to take care of the body. The body was precious to her. Jesus was precious to her. So we have an account, and it's in all, all four of the Gospels. That's why I just wrote all four Gospels. All four Gospels are talking about a dead Savior. A, 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 a Savior, Jesus, is, he's, and in fact, you go before that, they all talk in one way or another about the crucifixion, about uh, the account of Jesus dying on the cross. So we have a, a, a Jesus was dead and buried. That's all accurate. Nobody can contradict that. Nobody contradicts each other in that. Um, Jesus was dead, but um, he, was, uh, he was still in the, the temple. They took him to the temple, and he was laying in state. No, 
he was in a tomb that was sealed. He was dead and buried. So we have that. That is one of the first uh, primary things that all follow each other. Um, everything else is just seasoning and salt around this account. And it's based on the, sh- the, the writer, the chef, the person who is making the, the story. So, number two, disciple, the disciples weren't prepared for his death. After all that time spending with Jesus, he was very clear what was going to happen. At least, well, I say that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. For us, it was very clear, yeah. right? We probably would have been the same way. You know, say, you know I, I, so let's, let's put ourselves in their shoes. But they weren't prepared for his death. This was not the way that they thought it was going to play out. Whatever Jesus was telling them or trying to show them in, in, the, in the parables, uh, uh, through his discussion, he probably had a little, he did. There was times where he's explaining to the disciples about parables that he didn't explain to the people. So he, they're getting more insight. They're in the inner circle, but they still weren't ready for that. In fact, didn't one of them kind of rebuke Jesus when he was going to be arrested and you know, so get thee behind me, Satan. So, so he weren't prepared for that. So let's go to Mark 16, 13. We'll use that, that account. Uh, did, did I do the right verse there? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe. Let's see. And they, and they went. Uh, so let's um, uh, back to verse 12. After that, he appeared on another, in another form under two of them as they walked and went into the country. There's another account of that. And they went and told it unto the residue, which was everybody else, and neither believed they them. If you go to Luke 24, 11, Luke 24, 11, we have, And their words seemed them as idle tales, and they believed them not. This is the account of, G- of Mary and Magdalene, of, of the, those who've seen and those who've uh, uh, already talked to Jesus. Um, they, they weren't prepared for his death, so therefore they couldn't believe what was being said. The third part of the, that we know that uh, in the stories that all, all uh, backs each other up, is number three, is the tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. Empty of a body. It was empty of what was supposed to be there. The tomb was supposed to have a dead body in it. It didn't have it anymore. We can visit the tomb. And there's no body in it. Except for that tourist in front of you. The tomb was empty. Matthew 28.2. Go back to Matthew <laughs> and behold, there was a, a, a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And then if you go back down, he says, um, He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay. Meaning, where he laid, where he was. Not he's here. See where he was, the past tense. The tomb was empty. All four accounts, um, we have a dead and buried Jesus. We have that the, that the disciples weren't ready for this. The po- those who were closest to Jesus weren't ready for this. And the tomb was empty. 
And also, that empty tomb, number four, did not convince them that he had risen. They see the empty tomb. Um, they see that, let, let's go, uh, what was the verse I had for that? Let me get to that one. What verse do you guys have under number four? 24.12. Okay, it didn't make my, my other notes. Uh, Luke 24.12. Luke, I think, was the physician. Is that right? Uh, Luke 24.12. Uh, then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen cloths by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at the, at the which was come to pass. He's literally in there. The grave clothes that Christ had are there and folded, and he's wondering what happened. Nothing's come back to mind to him yet. The empty tomb did not convince them that Christ had risen. Uh, at one point, Mary uh, was, uh, Jesus approached her, and she said she thought he needed to be the gardener. Sir, where did you take my Savior so that I can get him and, and, and love and prepare him? The empty tomb did not convince them. Thankfully, we get to, to hindsight 2020, we get to look at this and go, it convince, convinces me. Does it convince you? This account, I, 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 I implore you, please go into your Bible um, today, today, and go into the four Gospels. Read the last chapter of each, each Gospel, and you're going to see the different pictures. And don't look at it as contradictions. Look at it as, as building a story, giving a full-view story. Because God doesn't have anything to hide from us. He wants us to have the full story. We still aren't going to get it because of our finite minds. We're still not going to get this until we're in heaven and get to watch the film reel, this whole thing, and go, oh, I see why he said that. Oh, I see why he said that. I see what was important to him. Oh, what? We're going to get to see that. But we have it here. Do you believe it? Great Bible courses on this, just this topic alone you could do a semester on. You could do multiple semesters on. And we just skimmed the surface. But we have, we have an account. We have four, four accounts, four gospel writings of the fact that Jesus was dead and buried. Jesus was, uh, they, they, nobody was ready for this. Uh, we see even lies were made about it. Right in the Bible. The lies were, were recorded. We see that the tomb was empty. And we see that it, it took more than that to convince these, uh, to convince, I, I think, uh, let's see, where are we going to have Doubting Thomas? Is that in, my, since my notes missed it, um, you know, Thomas wasn't even convinced until he got to, to, to feel the scars. I love the fact that we have the Bible. I thank the Lord that we have the Bible, that we have this, that we don't have to blind, we don't have to have a blind faith. We don't have to. We get to have a full, full faith. Um, 
The venerable scholar, William uh, Wilbur Smith, he, he had this to say about the differences in the resurrection accounts uh, in the Gospels, and that they agree. And in these fundamental truths, there is absolutely no contradictions. The so-called variations in the narratives are only the details which are mostly vividly impressed on one mind or another of the witnesses of our Lord's resurrection, or on the mind of the writers of the four respective Gospels. The closest, most critical examination of the nar narratives throughout the ages never has destroyed and, never, uh, and can never destroy their powerful testimony to the truth that Christ did rise from the dead on the third day and was seen by many. Praise the Lord. Josh McDowell, he, he graduated college and he was an atheist. If you can say that, nobody's really an atheist, but he was like, I am bound and determined to prove this Bible wrong. So much so that I'm going to, that was his mission field. I am going to go and I am going to share the fact that this is a lie. This contradicts itself. And he got saved because he recognized it doesn't. And it's truth and it's ours No better way, I felt, than to finish off the series about a Savior that didn't just die. He kept his promise and he rose again. All this, and this is why we share these stories with our, with our young kids and with our teens and with our young adult class and with the senior saints, because we can believe it or not. He gives us that choice. Choices have consequences. We get to believe it or not. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe that a Savior would come down from his place in heaven, take the form of a baby, become a man, live a sinless life, be 100% man, be 100% God, take on the sins of every single one of us, Take on the sins of the entire world, not just the elect, not just the worthy, of everyone. Of that man that's sitting on the corner right now under a box or with just a blanket or nothing to the greatest king or the person that you hate. Dare I say it? You hate somebody? God died for them. Gavin Newsom, God died for him. Nancy Pelosi, God died for her. She has access just as much as we do. It's a choice. Have you made that choice? It's very simple. Christ died for us. We believe it. And we say, Lord, I believe it. Be my Savior and let him rule your life. Let him take over. Just because we're sitting in a Sunday school class and we've gotten up, I, I so am thankful that everybody did and that we get to go through these things. But we cannot forget the fact that we're here worshiping a Savior that has risen, risen for us and for others. And it's the greatest news ever. So, fun with felt. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. We just, just simple pictures of wonderful stories that are just vivid and useful and uh, we can still get 
something out of them. Dive into your Bible. If you're not, like Brother Dustin said, if you haven't uh, taught something, sign up to be a teacher. We can use you. And I tell you what, you will learn more than you've ever learned before if you start teaching. I am still learning something new. I've got a long way to go. I'm just skimming the surfaces. I'm a, I'm a surface skimmer. But uh, it's hard for me to go deep. But I want to. And we get to. Uh, this Bible cannot be known all the way. We're going to study it. And we're going to study it. We're studying in heaven. I, I, I think we'll still have the Bible in there. And we'll open the pages. And, and uh, God will reveal things that, that we have not seen. But have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Because that tomb is empty. And he's there for all of us. So glad we have visitors today. Joseph, it's wonderful to have your family here. And I uh, hope you guys have a great time. Uh, last Sunday for some of the college students, uh, we got college students leaving this week. And um, uh, the Nolans will be leaving uh, here soon. And so we'll have a celebration for them tonight. But uh, So make sure you catch up with people who are going to be uh, departing this week. And uh, so, so thankful you're here. Let's pray and, uh, and fellowship. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your, your word. You're um, in the, the errorless word that you've given us, Lord. The accounts of the, of, the, uh, of the gospels, Lord, of your resurrection. Your promise to us that you would um, defeat death. Um, Lord, we love you and we thank you. I pray that, Lord, if today is the day that, um, that someone comes to realize that you're not their, their Savior and King. I hope today becomes that day. Lord, you, are, you freely gave your life for us, and Lord, all we have to do is ask. And I just uh, pray that, Lord, that day, will, uh, this will be new for someone today. Uh, Lord, uh, I love you. ask that you just bless the remainder of our time, bless our fellowship for a little bit before we head to our next classes and service. And Lord, we uh, just ask that you just be with the pastor as he brings the message and soften our hearts to receive it. In your precious name we pray, amen. We have a few minutes. Um, before some have to depart, so fellowship.